before the Williams sisters or the Safin siblings or the Zwera brothers. Uh, in the mid-80s, they were the Maliva sisters from Bulgaria. Uh, this week's podcast was recorded a while ago, and the guest is none other than Manuela Maliva, who was a two-time major semi-finalist back in the day. Hope you guys enjoy the chat. Let's start with, uh, where are we uh, catching you? Are you in Switzerland right now? Yes, I'm in Switzerland right now. I was in Bulgaria last week. Uh, I'm traveling a lot back and forth to Bulgaria. But now you catch me up in uh, in Switzerland. So uh, talk to us, uh, Manuela, how, how you ended up in Switzerland. I know we know that you're from Bulgaria and most of your tennis uh, you played uh, uh, was from Bulgaria. Uh, could you kind of walk us through your uh, maybe your early days? I grew up in Bulgaria. I was born there and I ended up in Switzerland because I met my my coach and husband. Now he's an ex-husband, but uh, um, he's, uh, he's from Switzerland and... Uh, uh, that's why the, the last uh, three, three or four years of my career, I also played for, for Switzerland because I wanted to give back a little bit to, to the country that had uh, become my second home because I was practicing all the time here. And uh, I... Um, I after I finished playing I I had my kids and they were born here in in Switzerland but my connection has always stayed very close uh, with Bulgaria I have my whole family there uh my sisters my mother uh, my sister Magdalena and my mother are taking care of the tennis club we constructed uh, about 10 years ago Mm-hmm. There is a tennis academy that uh, Maggie has been working on for for the last two years that uh, she she created, and uh, I uh, I've yeah I've always kept this close relationship with with Bulgaria. Uh, I have a foundation that was formed here in Switzerland, but helps. Um, disabled children in Bulgaria. So this I have been doing for the last 10 years about. So uh, I'm very involved in um, in, in this project. Uh, and that's why, in part, I'm also going back to Bulgaria so often. I see. And, uh, and uh, we know your mother was your coach uh, mm-hmm. uh, through most of your career. And, and I think she coached also your sisters. Um, could you talk about how she introduced you to tennis? How, how, how young were you when, when you got into tennis? Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> I grew <laughs> up, uh, I grew up at the tennis club because my mother was uh, a tennis player and later on she became a coach and we, we grew up, uh, around her at the tennis club. So, uh, I have some memories of my first real lessons when I was probably six years old. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, there is no period that I can say that I remember it started in tennis. 
Yeah, and, and it's something we see often uh, on the women's side where you see yeah. the the parents, the mothers coaching uh, their children. And I, I can remember all the way even to today's uh, tennis. Now you have more of professional coaches coming mm. forward. And, and so do, do you see that changing? I mean, why is that changing now? Uh, I really haven't thought about that question Uh Okay, my mother, uh, she she couldn't play professionally in, in those years because uh, uh, Bulgaria was a closed communist country, but she was a player, so, and later on she beca- became a coach. Uh, in those years, probably tennis was not, um, if I compare to now, I, I'm... Thinking about your question while I'm talking, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that uh, there are a lot more players now on the tour or, you know, amateurs compared to, for example, I don't know, 20 or 30 years ago. Oh. And uh, it, tennis has become um, a big, uh, quite business oriented also. Uh, there is a lot of money, there are a lot of sponsors, and the the players, for example, from my generation, uh, they, the ones that have stayed in tennis, they, they have become coaches. So maybe it is also a lot more easier to have good professional coaches because they, they have been also good players. Mm-hmm. which in my time when uh, when I I started uh, it, it was very little known there were very few coaches traveling on the tour some were connected with the federation from from the country but uh, I often also traveled alone which was the case for for many other players also uh, financially we we couldn't and we just couldn't allow our, ourselves to have someone with us all the time unless you you became a, a top 10 player mm-hmm. uh now it's very different i mean the amount of money that is won now it's uh, you you just cannot compare it so there are not only coaches traveling with the parents now there are physiotherapists a doctor a masseur um Whatever, there are about 10 people traveling with the player. We assume you were traveling most, for the most part, you were traveling alone or with your mom? Yes, yes, exactly. Um, When I was uh, 15 years old, when I was 13 years old, I was going to some junior tournaments in Italy uh, all alone. When I was 15 years old, I was all alone in Paris for the Roland Garros junior event. Uh, <clears throat> which you don't see any more happening now. Yeah, that is quite amazing. Uh, yeah. how, how close are you to the game today, uh, Manuel? I know you said you um, you you're involved with the academy. How how is it that you you haven't taken up professional coaching <laughs> with some of the uh, players? Oh, uh, I I wanted to have a little bit of another life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I um, tennis has has not been easy for me there are a lot of good memories but it was a hard life also uh, from the fact that uh, i was often alone often away from home Uh, the pressure to have a parent as a coach uh, 
is not very easy, although I, I have a wonderful relationship with my mother now. But uh, while I was playing, it was not easy. And um, yeah, to be honest, there was there is, in my case there was quite much suffering. Mm. So uh, okay, I'm from the lucky ones that uh, that succeeded. Uh, on the other hand, there are a lot of players uh, that have practiced the same amount of hours, uh, millions of hours that I have practiced that uh, then that didn't succeed and, and this is very tough so uh, on one hand tennis gave me a lot the life I have now but it was earned uh, with a lot of suffering and difficulties and I had uh, such a wonderful ending to my career. I I won my last uh, tournament. I won my last match. I was number five in the world. And uh, I was just so happy to be able to, to say, okay, now, now I'm deciding that uh, this life is over and I'm looking forward to a new life. I never had any regrets. I was uh, just uh, so happy uh, to finish the way I finished. The other life for me started with the kids, and I was so fulfilled that I didn't I didn't need tennis anymore. Uh, I know you said you know, suffering and the tour itself is you know when you're alone mm. it's pretty hard. Mm. Uh, some of the players in the past in your generation, so even Boris Becker, some people mm. had a very uh, tough relationship with the press. How mm. was the relationship with the Bulgarian press while you were at the top of your game? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um... In the beginning, the press had no idea what I was doing. Um, I don't know how to explain in the sense that uh, Bulgaria was one of the very hard communist countries. So for someone to travel was uh, really not normal. And nobody had any idea of, of women's tennis, of world's tennis. Uh, uh, me and my mother, we were finding out tournament by tournament, what was world tennis. Um, so in the beginning, there is even an anecdote when um, the Bulgarian press once announced that Manuela Maleva beat uh, Virginia Slims in the semifinals of the Washington tournament. <laughs> <laughs> I, I even have the... Uh, the newspaper, I've kept the newspaper. So imagine how much they knew about tennis. Later on, I, I became quite a big star, uh, in Bulgaria and I have kept a very good relationship with the press and with the, the people in Bulgaria. They were really, uh, very proud of what I was doing because I was, I came out, um, from what shall I say? I was as one of all of them. I had no uh, things were not easy for me because I was, my parents were in the communist party or whatever. No, I I earned it the very hard way, and and people uh, had a lot of respect for what I had managed to do or what my family managed to do, and it is still the same way. Uh, and I appreciate this a lot. It, it um, 
it is really nice when uh, you feel that you have brought something to to people in Bulgaria, especially with the hard life in Bulgaria and uh little to be proud of uh i was i was um yeah i was the star you definitely broke through for for the country and, yes. and i know your sisters followed your footsteps mm. as well mm. Yeah. Mm. so yeah. just uh, walk us through because you played in uh the big four the golden era of women's tennis when mm. uh, martina navratilova chris Everett, mm. gabby sabatini steffi graf and even monica sellis what yeah. was it like to be on the tour because these guys were these, these girls were very dominant uh, just like today, the men's tour with Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, and Murray. Yeah. So you succeeded and made a name for yourself playing with uh, these girls. And how was it playing alongside them? Uh, to tell you honestly, while I was playing, I was not thinking much who I'm playing. Uh, they were part of the tour. They were my opponents. Uh, it's more later on that you realize once you finish um, playing and you start looking back to what you have achieved, then you realize that you had played in a certain era that was very interesting. And um, yeah, I, I had both of Martina Navratilova and Chris Everett, and later on uh, Sabatini, Selish, Graf, of course. And um, to, I'm happy to have played when I played. Uh, the relationship between the players was uh, not easy uh, because of the pressure, because of the competitiveness. Uh, I'm very happy to see those players now from time to time if I go to Wimbledon or, or Roland Garros and we are much closer now than when we played. Uh, when you play, you're in this bubble that mm, nothing else exists Mm -hmm. outside of this bubble uh, you don't know what uh, what real life is really outside of that bubble and you're so concentrated on um, each each match each practice uh, everything is only tennis um, so it's difficult to have um, friendships you're just uh, rivals uh, yeah, this is a very interesting perspective because um, you know when when we look at the uh, I guess the tour today, you see a lot of lot of friendships on the tour. Um, yeah. you, you almost don't see players, um, you know, uh, saying anything negative uh, about each other, or even uh, you see you, you can actually see them hanging out together. Um, so it's I a think very you see dynamic. this more on the men's tour. I'm not sure that you still see this on the women's tour, but but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that, that maybe so. But uh, of of the players you played, of these great mm. players, who did you find particularly maybe tricky, or did did did, he, did any one player really stand out for you as someone you maybe uh, did not want to play? I think the only player that I didn't manage to beat is Steffi Graf. So. Uh, I have victories over all the number ones and um, probably Steffi will be for a while one of those who who really put up the women's tennis on a, um, on a different level. 
the very professional level. Martina, uh, okay, uh, of course, Martina Navratilova and Chris Everett are legends. I mean, no, no question about it. And Martina started uh, being this very professional uh, athlete. But for me, the toughest that I had to play was uh, Steffi. Okay, and uh, so the question I have is now: with your looking at your Grand Slam career, you had some, you had a lot of success in all all of the Grand Slams. Uh, but what we noticed was you really broke through um, later in your career. You made two semifinals at the U.S. Mm. Open, oh. and before that, you actually were in the quarterfinals at least ten times. Uh, yeah. What, what, what changed that that uh, that time of your career? For sure, my my tennis became better and better. Uh, my tennis became more aggressive when I uh, started being coached by my my husband, by my ex-husband. He was a serve and volley player himself. And so we worked uh, um, a lot on being more aggressive, e- even though I... I was a baseline player, but I started coming more to the net. I started really hitting winners and not just staying on the baseline. So technically, probably the, this is the big change. Also, my serve became uh, much better. I mean, I was regularly uh, hitting aces. Um, and uh, of those 10 quarterfinals, I Probably nine of them I played against Chris Severt or Martina or Steffi or Celis. So I didn't have an easy opponent <laughs> in, in the quarters. I never had an easy opponent in the quarters. So um, sometimes it's a little bit of luck also and, and, and all the rest. Like Anand just pointed out, you had a very balanced career in all the major tournaments. Uh, but uh, if you look at your titles, a lot of success came indoors. Was a particular mm. preference for indoors uh, in your career? I I grew up on clay. I didn't see a hard court until I was I started playing. I don't know um, in the states when I was uh, later on when I was sixteen, seventeen years old. Until that moment, I was only a clay court player, um, and my game developed uh, with the years with that aggressive um, kind of game that I was trying to develop. For me, it became easier to play on hard courts and especially indoors. I I don't know why, but um, when you're indoors, you don't have the sun, you don't have the wind. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I liked playing indoors. My my game was probably suited. I I, I played, for example, I, I won two big titles in Japan. We were playing on a very fast carpet. Uh, I liked it. I, I would stand on the baseline and I would just block the balls and I, I, I would use the power of the opponent. For me, yeah, this was easy. Or, or I liked it. I, I felt comfortable uh, playing like this. And uh, it took me a while until I started playing again quite well on clay. It, it, playing on clay is very tough. Yeah. You, physically, you must be very, very solid. Some players are such specialists on clay uh, that it's really tough to play them. 
Um, back in the day, you were playing uh, players like Chris Evert who had won mm-hmm. multiple French Opens. Yeah, but then there were all the other clay court players that uh, you were you I don't know if you will remember like Patricia Tarabini from Argentina or Sabine Haag from Germany nice. uh, they, they, I mean it, it was killing me playing them on clay you know they were <laughs> terrible matches Rancha um, Sanchez uh, Rancha also although I've beaten her but Conchita Martinez also uh, you know, from from the good players. Although I would beat them, but uh, I I would lose matches, also tough matches against them. It it was not easy. <laughs> so so let, let, we have a question here because uh, your your two sisters, uh, Katerina and, and Maggie, they both were top ten players. Um, mm. But and and the, you played them quite a bit on the tour, but you never yeah. really lost to them. Uh, what was yeah. was there a psychological thing, or were you just a big sister who was not willing to give them a game? What was going on there? Very tough question. Uh, those were the matches that we hated playing against each other. Maggie, with Maggie, we have quite we have eight years difference, so she was she's much younger than me. And when she came on the tour, I was almost towards the end. I I cannot answer. I never felt um, well. I never played a good match against them. I never could play, uh, re- uh, take my sisters a- as a real opponent. You no, know, I would win a game on two or two because I want to win. Then I would feel sorry for her because I know that she will be sad because she's losing. I I really admire the the Williams sisters how they manage to play against each other and not think of themselves as sisters that, that's the feeling I have when I watch them on TV you know I, I've never spoken to them to ask them how they feel but uh, for me playing my sisters were not good matches and and for fans I mean this has always been a, a fascinating thing because uh, as you said it's it's one of the most difficult things emotionally to play your sister mm. uh, and but you have to see them on the tour again and again uh, mm. in many tournament so um and i think before the williams it was there they were the three of you yeah. and and such a highly Im- improbable situation where you have three sisters all in mm. the top 10 mm. uh, competing at a very high level so it is uh it is quite something to yeah uh, and, to- and we were very close we are still very close i mean we would help each other in a way we were not alone on the tour because we had each other <laughs> yeah, uh, let's change uh, the segment to the Bulgarian tennis after the mm. Malivas in mm. Bulgaria. The next big thing is Grigor Dimitrov. Yes. So how well you know him and what do you think is the pressure he's going through? What are the expectations? And he just mm. won a tournament in Sofia, Bulgaria. So just yeah. uh, tell us about him. Um, I know him quite well. And actually, my sister Katerina uh, and her husband, uh, actually, her husband is kind of his manager they they've known him since he was a little boy he he stayed in their house often so okay we know him quite well uh for him uh dealing with the pressure is not easy especially okay uh, in bulgaria of course because uh now he, you you can see everything live uh while i was playing there was hardly tv and no internet at all so 
people would wait for a few days until they get my results. Now um, everybody can see everything. Uh, everybody can criticize a lot more easier. Everybody knows tennis best. <laughs> so it's um, coming from a small country also is Bulgaria. Uh, the, the pressure is quite big on him. There is pressure uh, also from himself because there are the expectations. We were talking that he would be the next Roger Federer and all that. So he had to make uh, a name for himself to be the player he is himself. He went through two difficult years. I have the feeling that now he's found a, a good coach. Uh, he His mind is really set on tennis. I, I have the feeling that this year um, something has turned around um, in uh, mentally. And that um, I have the feeling that he's ready to fight for every point, you know, to die for, for every point which uh, for me was missing the last two years. Seems to have uh, turned a corner this year mentally and also from his game standpoint, what we saw at the Australian Open uh, is very promising. Mm, mm. He He's really played well. He 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 won in Sofia in Bulgaria with, with all the pressure. You know, there were 15,000 people every day seeing his matches. Uh, so he's he's grown up. So uh, we, uh, I know we're coming up on our time, uh, Manuela. So one last question for you, and uh, this is about the women's tennis side. So we talked about Dimitrov. Uh, on the women's tennis side, wh- who are you watching out for the future? I know there's Belinda Bencic uh, playing for Switzerland, mm-hmm. um, who's showing some great promise. Uh, wh- wh- who, who are you watching? Who do you think is uh, the next breakthrough player? Oh, to tell you honestly, very difficult for me to to answer the question like this because I don't follow much, for example, the juniors. So I don't know who is coming up uh, from the juniors. Um, we are very good friends uh, with Jeannie Bouchard. Uh, she stayed at our home when she was 16 and she was nobody. So I hope like uh, with Grigor Dimitrov, she's gone through a couple of tough years that uh, she will find her way, you know, really concentrate on tennis now and, and be able to deal with the pressure of being a star. I wish her well. Belinda Bench, she, she has also a lot of potential. And again, uh, I have the feeling difficulties to deal with the pressure for the last um, for the last months, which is normal in a in a long career. You know, you 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 have to to find your way. You have to find the way how to deal with everything. So yeah, no, I I think uh, you know we 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 were lucky to be uh, fans in your era of tennis, which mm. we still. Think is the golden era for uh, women's tennis. We're hoping, we're hoping that some of these young players, uh, Jeannie Bouchard and Belinda, they, they take tennis to the next level in the mm. coming years. Mm. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, yeah so uh, Manuela, thank you so much for talking to us. Uh, this, was, uh, this was great uh, hearing your perspective, uh, both on uh, tennis in the past and how it's evolving oh. and, and, and your own background. Uh, very interesting okay. to hear. Uh, <laughs> thanks very much. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thank you.